You're listening to the Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of the Holdcast. As usual, I'm Jack Grimsey, and James Rushton's alongside me today. How's it going, James? So good, man. Good to be back on the Holdcast talking Aston Villa after a boring international break is over. It's good to be back, man. It was one of the most boring international breaks in recent memory, at least for me. I don't know. I feel like just nothing happened. Of course, there's some stuff with the U.S. team and Klinsman going on right now. But <laughs> other than that, and that just really that just really cropped up late. Other than that. Yeah, it's been pretty boring, man. Been pretty useless. I mean, uh, there's a stuff with Costa Rica and all that. But international breaks don't have much spice or kick to them, like, you know, your uh, league football championship, Premier League stuff, and it's good to be getting back to this with uh, Villa playing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Villa playing tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. Talk a little bit about Steve Bruce, how his tenure at Villa has been so far, answer your Twitter questions, and give give an international recap of how the Villa players did over that break, and then preview the match against Brighton Hove Albion. That's to, or it will be today when the pod goes up. So Exactly, it's on a that, Friday. Weird. Yeah, all that in just a moment. All right, so like you said, James, it's it's weird that match is on a, a Friday night, and it's kind of a top-of-the-table top clash, at least they are, but... Exactly, prime time. Everyone will be watching. You know, it'll be a, it's a, it'll be the only match on as well. So uh, Aston Villa in front of the nation's eyes as they take on Brighton. Bit scary, I think. But uh, yeah, I think we'll get on to previewing that later. But Jack, we kind of hooked up impromptu. We just did it out of nowhere today, didn't we? Off the back of uh, Villa's use of social media. Yeah, yeah, that's really what we we decided. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. We said uh, emoji podcast and to talk about the emoji usage because of what Aston Villa did today on their Snapchat. So James has got AVFC official pulled up on Snapchat and he's going to narrate you through what happened today. (laughs) Yeah, well, guys, emojis are something you kind of use to spice up your social media interactions or your hashtag content. So let's click on Aston Villa FC. Aston Villa FC official on Snapchat um, taking us through their content for the day. Here we go. So first off, we've got a photo 12 hours ago of Aston Villa's press conference day. Spelt wrong. We've got the Nando sign, a cheeky Nando sign. We've got eyes. We've got um, a lion, a soccer ball, and someone speaking. Followed by a photo of Buddy Moore Heath with three lions. So it's lion, lion, lion. Football, 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 which, you know, describes Villa perfectly to me, to be honest. I can't complain with that one. Media setup now. We've got a camera facing at Aston Villa's press conference board with a bunch of cameras, cheat emojis, someone speaking. There's a clipboard. It's useless, really. Lights, camera, Bruce is the next one with someone thinking. I don't know, man. I think Another typo, cameras. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lights, lights, cameras, Bruce. But it's thinking. You know he's going to be there. He's here, you know, the man of the hour, the mystery man, Steve Bruce. Happy face, happy face, smiley face. But not even where they had all the cameras set up. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a small radio interview. He's surrounded by old men. And then Steve taking questions from the mic radio. So, yeah, you've got it pretty much sorted there, Villa. The boss is here. Tune into Facebook Live now. This is a rare occasion where we actually don't have an emoji. And then we're back at it with two emojis of the microphone, microphone. You know, I don't know what that says, really. It's going on a bit long, this snap is. That's a wrap, folks. Next, ne- folks, even. Next stop, Brighton for hashtag Barville. Lion, lion, lion. That's hashtag B-H-A-A-V-L. 
No need to fix that, really. Back at Villa Park, Lion Lion. So it wasn't the Brighton. The Amex Stadium was not the next the next stop. Oh, wasn't it? They're just straight back to Villa Park. What? Yeah, back at Villa Park. Yes, yeah, straight away. Just arrived at Moorhall. Can anyone guess what for? And there's a pen and a pen. I thought pen pen. Someone signing, you know, contract signing. I've got Hepburn Murphy on a contract. No, it's fucking Ron Atkinson's book signing that no one was looking forward to, and he's got a pen there, and. You know, that really frustrated me because I generally thought it'd be some news. Big Ron, in quote quotation marks, happy face, sucker ball, pen. He doesn't actually look happy to be there, does he, to be fair, Jack? He was kind of forcing a smile, it looked like. Yeah, and I mean, accompanying a picture of him signing his useless book, there's five pen emojis, and then they've got a picture of his signature, and it's a real squiggle. This is it. It's dots everywhere, dots all over the place. Pen- he only says best wishes, and then his his signature. You know, shouldn't he have just signed them before? Yeah, you didn't even put the name on it. And there's two yeah. mics flanking his breasts in the next one. Okay, yeah, now Mike. we now we move on. First photo with tails. Oh, that was too quick. That was rapid. These ones are rapid. Tails the heads le- upstairs to meet, apostrophe meet more fans and a fist. And then also, the, it's the villa store in the city center. Anemic pies after one happy girl after meeting to. These are really fast, Jack. This is bad content. The Santa hat is out. It's a Santa emoji. Oh my god! This will keep you warm in the cold. You can't even read it. Better shows off some great Xmas Prezi options. Great family pick with tales. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And thankfully. That brings us to an end of Aston Villa's day of content. I have been absolutely spammed with their When's stuff When's the today? last time they, they had a story? It's like match day and then nothing this whole week and then they had all their events today. Well, Jack, and you, then, you know, so there, there have been at least two stops before they'll make it to Brighton, which was next stop. Yeah, and I mean, you wait. For, it's like public transport. You wait for one bus to come. You know, they all come at once. Yeah, it's, been, yeah. it's been too much, frankly. And Villa's Twitter is just so... And it was bad last year. But I think, you know, um, founder of 7500 Kirsten brought it up with uh, Robert on the match that they just use so much emojis and it doesn't describe anything. I don't want to be yeah, a crap. No, no, it's, it's, annoying. it's just a whole lot of nothing. But yeah, emojis, man. What do you, <laughs> there's nothing to it, is there? It's just useless. Yeah. The, the one I had, I retweeted it. It was when Villa said, Adama's speed and pace. It was against... <laughs> And then, and then three of three of the blushing emojis, and then a a thumbs up, and then I had to I had to do in quotation speed and pace. Then three of the thinking face emoji and a thumb down. Oh, if if you hover over it on a Mac, it tells you what the emoji is. No, no, that's just my description. Oh yeah, no, it does. does. <laughs> face with tears of joy is that face I hate. That I hate. That's the worst one. Yeah, no one laughs like that. That's like. Such a masculine, it's like a proper masculine one as well. I always feel emasculated when someone uses it against me when I've done something stupid. And there's the monkey, it's no I Eve. like the monkey because Marco Royce, like a couple years ago, was doing those celebrations. Those are funny, I think. Person raising both hands in celebration, and then there is suckable, you know, it's uh, it's all described. But I found this, I like this now. Oh, what's this one? Okay, face with rolling eyes, that's a good one as well. And you said the ones for Nando's, that okay. It's actually called the okay hand sign. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's always like Cheeky Andy Nando's. Hyman would always do it. Cheeky Nando's. <laughs> yeah, Cheeky Nando's, man. But yeah, um, Villa's use of emojis is suffocating, frankly. Goddamn millennials. 
and a need. It's too much, you know. Sometimes you, one is fine. <laughs> I think none is fine on some occasions. But man, should we? Uh... I mean, I I use the soccer ball sometimes to save letters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, all well and good when you are uh, you know you're saving letters, but filler just you know plop them on everything. Yeah, use dude. them to fill the space, kind of you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Shall we talk about Steve Bruce then, man? He's been a he's been a highlight. Yeah, Steve Bruce doesn't seem like someone who uses a lot of emojis. Have you seen the books he's written? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. I've already been on, on you know I'm on the books, but uh, I think I think he's a man. He's a man uh, who would use emojis to shorten his interactions with people, especially if there was a a Jaguar XJ8 emoji. But man, he's. <laughs> You know, he's making the team win, and there's no emoji that really describes how that feels. And uh, to you know, to be a Villa fan watching the team win, which is fantastic, man. There's nothing like like Villa playing under Steve Bruce and being unbeaten. You know, I wouldn't have thought about this a year ago. Aston Villa having a stretch of games unbeaten. It's new. Yeah, the the international break means we haven't even lost in even <laughs> a couple many weeks? more weeks. But yeah, what it's it's actually so weird to think about, but. Yeah, what what's the stat you told me before the show about since Bruce has taken over? Well, yeah, this links into Brighton. So only Newcastle with 15 points and Brighton with 13 points have taken more points in the five matches since Steve Bruce took charge of Villa in October, with Steve obviously bringing 11 points to Villa. Yeah, exactly. So it's just showing if, if you're picking up, what, 2.2? Mm-hmm. That's 2.2 points per game? Yeah, exactly. He's picked up the points. Um, you know that puts Villa, um, the third best team behind Newcastle and Brighton since Steve Bruce took over. And I mean, it was better than being what the seventeenth, twentieth best team under Di Matteo. I'll take that increase any day. That w- wouldn't be even be a question. That's a fair trade for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what Koja Koja has five goals in those games. Yeah, can't stop scoring. Um, Steve Bruce has really. I don't know exactly what he's done. He's, I think he's just made them a bit more confident in their own abilities and he's got them playing as a, a more of a unit. The football was a bit more attractive under Di Matteo and Clark and, you know, we were creating... We were outgunning teams. We just weren't scoring. But if Steve Bruce... It was too fancy, you know. You don't have to... Yeah, I mean, if... Uh, like Barcelona to win in the championship. Yeah, exactly. If um, Villa didn't hit the bar or post on a few occasions, he might still have Di Matteo as manager. But, you know, that's that's just... That's, that's just, football exactly and uh steve bruce has got on playing but not the best football it's not it's, it's it's easy on the eye um it's nothing incredibly unattractive but um it's 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 working which is more than you can say for di matteo sherwood or lambert yeah and it, sh- it should start to become more attractive as well as the player you know he's getting his new schemes and he didn't have a preseason. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the... so getting player players in the the roles are comfortable in, I guess. Yeah, he's really hit the ground running. I mean, the first match was a pretty terrible against Wolves, and uh, the Birmingham one wasn't a highlight at all. But uh, you know, we weren't we weren't winning games under Di Matteo. We are with Bruce, and and can... the thing is, we were losing them at the end, or losing the yeah, exactly. win for a, rather a draw. Exactly, uh, you know. A draw, a win turning into a draw is bad enough. But when you can't even win some of the games, so I, when, I don't expect to feel it. On, you know, I'm not doing yeah, that. We had a win, six draws and three losses. I think at one point, and it was just dropping yeah. points. Yeah, so, um, I'd rather the draw over a loss any day, but it's still, you know, demoralising. So, yes, yeah, Steve Bruce has really re- rejuvenated Aston Villa, and it, I'm, I'm all the more happy for it. 
No, certainly. And it's it's exciting because I mean we had a Twitter question about promotion. We'll get we'll get to that in a little bit, but I think promotion is still possibly on the cards because yeah, fingers crossed. Couple, just I don't know, a month ago, September, it was already looking grim after we kept drawing every match, it seemed like. Yeah, I mean there's no concern about Villa going down. But it No, was, no, but the thing is great. like if we don't if we don't go up this year, that's a big financial worry. Yeah, exactly. So uh uh, it's it, it's better than going down. I'll say that it's much better than going down. Um, but yeah, uh, I, there's no, there was no. It's danger. actually a team. It's a team you want to watch every week now. Yeah, exactly. There, there is a, a narrative forming now, and it's so good because under Di Matteo, it was getting pointless. You know, we were just not doing good enough. We weren't. I can't really. I still can't put my finger on why we weren't. You know, closing off games, but Villa couldn't score and couldn't defend for the life of them, and it was just. So surprising because they were playing good football, as I've said. It was just a real, you know, something to think about. You know, sometimes the, you know, he was definitely the best option, wasn't he, when he we, we uh, hired him to be manager. But no, certainly, yeah, and he, he is, did turn out I very well. Say, I would still say he's a good manager, but Steve Bruce maybe has just been such a culture change for the club or something because under Di Matteo it looked like the Villa we'd seen the past couple of years. It's just so close, but can't can't put it together. And Bruce is now. A lot of substance, love, and product. Exactly. Just uh, it felt like an it felt like too much of a hangover from the Premier League with uh, with Di Matteo, and now yeah, a, a fresh sure. start under Bruce. And I, I wish it had been that way from the start, but unfortunately. And one of the best things about Bruce is that he does have experience in the Premier League for when we hopefully do go up either this year or next year. So it's yeah, it's a you shame know, you don't want to have to replace someone right away. It's a shame because people are saying just get him to do the job, then we can get rid of him, and it's like. Oh, come on. I mean, football, it's its a business. It's got to be harsh. It's got to be cutthroat. But I'd like to think there's still a bit of emotion in there, a bit of loyalty. I mean, leaving leaving Sherwood in the job is what cost us. Yeah, exactly. You know, was, we just made that mistake. But it's a different situation. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Avoid it, like against avoiding relegation. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. If he can get us up there and make us serviceable in the Premier League and give us something to build on, then... That's yeah, and, and since Tony, I don't know, maybe if Tony will become or yeah, like grow to like him, I guess, and then he's he's going to keep him on, and he'll have money. And Steve Bruce hasn't had money like he. Yeah, Steve Bruce has never had money. the resources at Villa and Shark, Tony Shark can offer. So that's all the more reason for him to try and do the best job he can in the Premier League and do better than he's done in the Premier League with his other teams. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about Sherwood. I, I want to talk about him for another minute. <laughs> he's at Swindon, Swindon Town in League One, and he's the director of football. But I saw you posted something today. It was is he actually managing the team? Because he's on the bench in the dugout. Yeah, well, he, they were versing Eastleigh in an FA Cup replay. It was uh, one of the lower rounds. I think it was the first round. And Luke Williams, I believe, is the manager. Or it's, uh, it might be Mike Williams. But I think it's Luke Williams is the actual manager of um, Swindon. Now, Tim Sheld is quite close with the owners of Swindon and he suggested Williams for the job. Williams isn't really cutting it. Swindon are kind of like dangling around the bottom of the table, uh, League One. So, yeah, uh, they were fourth fourth from bottom and that's a relegation spot. Yeah, they kind of want to be aiming mid-table with a push, for, you know, a future push for promotion so it's not good enough. Um, they're in danger. They're going to be in a relegation battle unless things are turned around. So, uh, the chairman has brought... Tim Sherwood in to be director of football. Unusually, Tim Sherwood is actually manic pick he picks a team, he picks a formation, he picks a tactics. So to me, Jack, that says he's a manager, 
um, unless you know Luke Williams has been demoted, but he's kept the same title as head coach. So what this says to me is that Luke's um, Williams sits on the bench and watches Tim Sherwood's team play while Tim Sherwood sits in the stands. Now against Eastleigh, that happened, but Eastleigh actually went two goals up in the first half against Swindon, and Sherwood went down at half time. Spoke to the team like he did, like at Villa versus um, Leicester in the FA Cup, and he, you know, galvanised the side to win. He went down to speak to Swindon, and he actually took a place on the bench and uh, watched the Swindon kind of capitulated, and uh, eventually lost three one. With actually Nathan D'Alfonso scoring the uh, consolation goal for Swindon, and it was uh, a very weird, surreal night because no one knows what his role is there, but it's clearly in charge of everything. Yeah, and he's someone who, at Villa, he really didn't want a director of football, so it's funny that he's now can be employed in that fashion and apparently is okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's more so that he's, he's been he's... given a role where he can do everything. And director of football role, it is higher than a manager, isn't it? It is more technically, superior, technically more yeah. superior than a manager. So what this says to me is that Tim Sherwood doesn't want to drop down to the League One level where he probably should be managing and starting his career off. He wants to drop down to the League One level where he's got a superior position. You know, that's, yeah, that's and what that's I mean, if, if he can, because his transfer policy is interesting and he doesn't have as much money to play with there, so he, he better get things right. If he get things right, it will, be, it will be great for him and he could win them promotion, then go to a different job or something, but, or keep, I don't know, get them higher on the table and go to a different job or yeah, it's, whatever, but... It's so weird that this is his job after Villa. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd have expected um, a assistant manager role or a, uh, a job at a League One or lower championship table. I didn't expect him to go straight into a, a director of football. It's very surreal and it is very interesting and no one knows what his actual role is. So yeah, very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah, but something interesting to follow and kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it is actually hilarious. The whole situation's amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Twitter questions. We got one from Mark Bannister, eighteen seventy four FC, saying we're light in the middle. No money for January. Close to financial fair play. Can Brucey get us in the playoffs? And while I would like a definitely would like another midfielder, I think barring some bad injuries, Bruce could do it. He, that's what he's shown so far. I've no reason to not believe that he, you know. Yeah, there's there's no reason, uh, you know, why not to why you doubt him at so far. You know, his games he's been unbeaten so far. So, um, you know, we've had a, a run now, a stretch of games that we can judge him off. Uh, five games in a row where he hasn't lost. Where Villa have actually come back from a losing position to win a game. So, yeah, I mean, if that carries on. You know, if that run of form carries on, or at least is the average, uh, we could see ourselves pushing sixth or seventh at least. You know, hopefully sneak into the playoffs or finish thereabouts, and that would be a fantastic end to the season, which started off so badly. So, why not? I don't think we necessarily need another midfielder. Um, it would be good to have one. It'd be great to have one. But these guys are performing okay at the moment, and uh, maybe there'll be some space for inserting someone like Jordan Lydon when he's back from injury into the into the lineup. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like getting. A transfer it's just basically having another player so yeah exactly I'm happy. look what Leiden's supposed to be back next month uh yeah it's at a uh, december time we're looking at getting him back so fingers crossed that he's a really long really really long layoff yeah especially for a young you know a young guy he's not like the youngest player but um definitely good to have him in the in the squad definitely yeah and i guess while we're while we're talking injuries shed steer is going to be 
out for the year. You kind of forget he exists, don't you? It's a bit of a shame. Yeah. Villa haven't really took a chance on him, but now they've got Galini, so there's pretty much uh, no hope. Galini's been a lot better lately. Yeah, Galini's really fixed up. I think it was just a case of fitting in and getting used to the football. And Di Matteo got cut out because he was always asked to uh, press quite high and almost be not a sweet. He wasn't a sweeper, but he was almost asked to. Uh, get caught up in the tempo of the football. And I think that's what happened on his uh, few occasions where he's missed up. It's always been a bit, a bit too much excitement. But it's been fantastic. And like he, I don't think Jed Steele will get into the team. No, no, hopefully not, you know. No. Um, but there are players who will struggle to get into the team and some that inevitably get left out. And another one of our writers, Adam Clark, at Adam Clarkers, asked... More seriously, because he, he jokingly asked about Sherwood, but he said, more seriously, is there space for Grealish, McCormick, and Ayu in the side separately or in combination? Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? Because they're all you know fantastic players. Obviously, next match, McCormick isn't available because of suspension. So the question is for Brighton. Um, yeah, there is space for Grealish and Ayu because McCormick can't play. But when they're all you know, firing, it is hard because you want Grealish to kind of play in off the left or behind the striker. And you kind of want McCormack to do that as well, in the, especially behind the striker. And you kind of want Ayu to do that. So it's there's clearly not spaces there. Yeah, it's a shame that a lot of the talent is... Those are Villa's possibly three best players, and we can't play yeah. them all at the same time. Unless we yeah. force them into, you know, force Grealish on the left, force McCormack behind the striker and force Ayu up top. And, you know, then you've got to account for Kodja just dead... Um, and then Adoma really brings Adoma, the yeah. balance to the right lately, you know. Exactly. So it's it's just a case of injuries and stuff, you know. It's space. For- but the yeah, the thing is, those those are going to happen. It's such a long season. There are matches where I think the I think the key issue in this for Bruce is figuring out the combination of those guys that play the best, and then kind of having two teams that you could flip flop, but keeping the same. Oh uh, yeah, you, know, you would use that those three guys in combination. It's a difficult decision because if you ask me. You know, to start a football manager and play my best team, I couldn't really pick it. I couldn't find a a space I'd want to crowbar these players in because it's just you you'd sacrifice some of Villa's ability. And it is good that you can play them all at the same time. But if you're playing, these players are very interchangeable. They can all play in a similar, very similar positions, with the exception of Grealish, who you wouldn't want to play as a striker like McCormack or Ayew. So it is. You know that that's strange, but um, yeah, I couldn't, I wouldn't want to put all my best players on like that, especially if they're so interchangeable. Because you risk the injuries, you risk, you know, destabilizing the side, especially when you want people like Kodja firing on full form with these players supporting them. So yeah, I don't know. Is there space, Jack? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think, at least not for all those guys to play with Kodja and and Adoma, but. Yeah, like I said, in, injuries are going to happen and finding... Or really what my point was going to be was that if you play this really attacking lineup, then you maybe you're only up one goal and you're gonna you have to change your midfield. whole team when you need a sub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're going to have to change your whole way of playing because if you're only up one goal, if you haven't... If your firepower hasn't been able to kill off the game, you know, if you're up two or three, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. You so. can keep playing that way that, through the 90 minutes. Yeah, so um, you wouldn't want to crowbar. I mean, we've seen it when it when it went with an attacking lineup and we haven't got the space in midfield. I'd rather we put the extra man in midfield. Yeah, yeah, especially when coming up, it's the going to be the busy period around the holidays. So yeah, there will be plenty of rotation matches for everyone. Perfect. All right, and we got one 
question from Tyler Fisher at T Fisher. Two one. What's your most memorable eating experience? And I mean, we we were speaking about emojis and Nando's. I would say probably maybe eating at the the boring mall before I went to Villa um, in twenty thirteen. What mall did you go to? First Nando's at the boring. Oh, was it downtown. the boring in town, like Birmingham yeah, City Centre? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you said the bo- boring mall, as in no, no, no. <laughs> no, the boring's pretty good. So uh, yeah. Um, you you went to Villa? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, it was for my twenty first birthday. Oh, that's amazing. Did they win? Yeah, yeah, two one against West Ham. Ah, oh, perfect, man. It was you know, and Zogbia scored a free kick. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Benteke penalty, and then there was a late. I think a Westwood own goal, really late. It like deflected, but Carroll, Andy Carroll was playing for West Ham and just was rolling around on the ground and getting taunted by the fans the whole time. It's oh, hilarious. Incredible, man. But that's good. That's good. Um. Memorable food in terms of villa, no, um, not nothing. That constantly... I don't know why. It's, I don't think that's what he meant by the question. But I just was thinking <laughs> about villa and like the Nando's emoji. <laughs> nah, um, I haven't really had a memorable food experience. I had a a really good burger the other day with blue cheese on. That was fantastic. Uh, that's that's about it, man. I don't. I just kind of shove it down my face rather than me- memorize it. Yeah, yeah. It's about it's about speed. I've let down cooking pod. <laughs> No, yeah, me and I mean Robert and I really have to uh to get that yeah. get that going sometimes. I can't but... be a part of that, man. I'm, I'm I'm just an eater rather than. We could send you the food <laughs> to try, <And> you... <laughs> or you could just eat something in, on it in the corner. Taste test. I'd love that. Yeah, uh, to be cooked for. Yeah. Um. But yeah, next up on the on the docket, we're excited to be getting back from the international break. And Ellis Sanford wrote a piece on the site, so I'm gonna. Do a quick roundup of international duty. James Chester was playing for Wales, and they were, they drew against Serbia one one, giving up a goal to Alexander Mitrovic of Newcastle. But yeah. Chester, I guess Chester was good, and the Wales U nineteen team beat England's U nineteen that featured Andre Green and Russian Hepburn Murphy. It was three two, so those two guys came on as subs, but. Good to see them playing for the Young Lions. And Jonathan Koja for Ivory Coast, they drew against Morocco, scoreless game, and he played 73 minutes. Most importantly, he didn't get hurt. And same goes for Jordan Ayew. He, him and Ghana lost to Egypt. But also, what I guess the, this last piece is, Mile Yedinak is with Australia, so he's not going to be back in time for Villa. Yeah, we knew, um, that. That, we knew Aust- that a while ago. That Australia match finished two two. Either Yedinak uh, been in a penalty as well, scoring a penalty. So yeah, all good. He did well. Got, good. Got off the mark. He actually scored twice for uh, Australia, which is extremely strange. A two two <laughs> draw. So wow. uh, yeah, scored a penalty. Good on him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, but um, yeah, he might miss. Um, I mean, Steve Bruce is wary about playing in game because last time, maybe he played thirty minutes or something at the end. Yeah, um, because last time he come off and he's, he has to travel the world and go through multiple time zones playing for the uh, Socceroos. So getting back to Birmingham and playing a match, you know, it, it put the whole team off balance last time. He was just out of it, and it put, you know wasn't fair on him because he was he's the uh, the anchor man of the side. He everything goes through Mili Yedinak. So uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, at least having him on the bench and having him around will be good. Yeah, definitely an option. But uh, yeah, Steve Bruce is wary about starting him because of last time because he's just got so much distance to cover. 
Yeah, and rightfully so. Even though last time him and him and Gardner, he played that great pass through to Koja. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that 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 was the first time I really, you know, took notice of him. So yeah, um, that was a great ball. You, you didn't think he'd have such an important role to play, but he really does have a great pass from the back, especially that you know he set up Koji with two great great passes from the center. I think Palace fans really are missing him. Yeah, I mean, there's reasons they sold him. He hasn't got stamina. He's very slow. He does get caught out when all the pressure is applied on him and the press is applied to him as well. Um, he does, you know, sometimes show signs of collapsing, but his long, you know, his passing's fan, his long balls especially, fantastic. He's been caught out on the short passes a few times, but uh, pinging from the back across, you know, the diagonal balls to his sprinting winger, which is usually Kogia, to cut inside and finish a chance, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, the important thing is is having a manager that understands his weaknesses and how to how to use them, like for any player. But I think, yeah, what Steve Bruce is finally, finally, I think, getting really a good understanding of his squad, and that's important because now we're going to move on to the Brighton game, and they're in second in the league, thirty four points. Yeah, Brighton uh, Villa play away at the Amex Stadium, the American Express Stadium. On a Friday at seven forty-five our time, so that's early afternoon for you guys, Jack. Yeah, I'll be one forty-five for me, two forty-five for Robert on the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. So um, Villa playing Brighton, who Brighton have really high flying in the table, second. Uh, 60, after 16 games, they're on uh, 34 points with a goal difference, uh, positive of 16. Yeah, one per game. Uh, yeah. Villa's goal difference, for example, is one. Um, they're positive by one. Um, and points Villa are 13 behind Brighton Brighton have 34 the second place Brighton have 34 and 14th place Villa have 21 but Villa as we said earlier are just sim- just slightly behind Brighton in the inform table um, Brighton Newcastle lead that inform table with Villa coming third place two points behind Brighton's 13 in the last five games so yeah it's Gonna be a bit more closer than it actually seems, because these sides are both in form. It's just Brighton who might have the edge playing at home and being relatively more informed than Villa. Yeah, it's like Villa were asleep for a month or something, and then recently they've been on the same form as Brighton. But like you said, they've been maintaining that stretch nine games now unbeaten, and they've only given up nine goals all season. That's Eleven fantastic. clean sheets. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I know Robert and I were talking about that a lot before the season. That's how you're going to win in this league, or or get promoted is, you know, have a, an airtight defense rather than the firepower. Like, I mean, Newcastle have the firepower and they're, they've just really outgunned a lot of people and that's why they're ahead of Brighton by three points, but they've been, they've been obviously good in defense as well. Yeah, well, Brighton are also, you know, they're unbeaten in 10 games. That stands for a lot in the championship and uh, it'll, it'll be up to, you know, unbeaten runs do come to an end. Um, so hopefully it'd be Villa who put an end to that. It'd be hard without Yedinak, who will, you know, he'll be looked at by Bruce when he's uh, come back from a, he's coming back from Thailand, long trip. So he'll be looked at just in case there's any signs of jet lag, like against the Wolves match where he was out of it. Villa are also without Ross McCormack, who's banned after picking up a few, you know, yellow cards. But Jordan Ayew, he accumulated a few. He's back, so to replace McCormack or Ayew can slot in quite easily. But uh, yeah, Villa are about two key players against a team who are unbeaten in 10 and are one of the informed teams in the table. Yeah, and it's Glenn Murray. He has nine goals for them in 16 games. Anthony Nucker, he has six goals. And 
yeah, it's an emotional day for him because uh, the last match he actually missed because his father died. So this is his first match without his dad. So it's all, all you've always got to be aware of the you know emotions that play in this football. It's it's on the cards. The story's already writ. The script's already writ for Anthony Lockhart to you know score a goal, pay the tribute to his father, and Villa they can continue that unbeaten run. So unfortunately, it looked like Villa will have to be you know ruin the fairy tale. In that sense. Yeah, gotta be the bad guys sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But especially if you want hopefully to... we can win four one and he can score. Yeah, know? that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, but there's no way Brighton will concede four. Oh no! Um, Glenn Murray's strike partner Sam Baldock. They he has four goals. They've combined for thirteen goals and four assists. So they'll start up top for them in that four four two. It's it's dangerous, but Villa if they have what I guess Koja has six. He'll be he'll be in. I wonder I wonder when the next time we'll see Rudy Justet is. Uh, hopefully soon. He can you know he was really informed at the start of the season, and he's been dropped for what you know whatever reason. But he scored. He's scored when he's been called upon, so it it would be strange because he can change the game. Um, yeah, even though I like to see him, if obviously if we're chasing a goal, put him on there and just pump balls in because that's what he does. But if, you know, if you come off with him from the start, maybe he could he could change the game early. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're likely to see Gabby, uh, you know, play. I wouldn't say get a start, but we're likely to see him, you know, feature. Yeah, and he's he's definitely a player that can really give defenses problems especially tired defenses yeah late on when he's pressing the back line as a defensive forward i think there's a lot to gain from him and you know with him and just sit on the bench in the absence of mccormack um there's definitely something to expect we definitely got game changers on the bench in attack even if it is gabby abonglehu and rudy just said they can they can offer something and to you know say that they can't is false because they're, they're two players who will completely change the tactics of the other team. One's fast and can press and, you know, won't stop running for the damn football and won't give up. The other is a, you know, is a, a man beast who is actually quite athletic as well, as we've seen from his goals this year. So, and his yeah. touch is improving. It seems like it's improving every time he scores one with his feet. Yeah, and Rudy just said it seems like the only player who's got great chemistry with any other forward he plays with. Which is always something that's great. Yeah, his his headed flick-ons really are really like really good. Yeah, his layoffs, flick-ons, and passing in the final third seem a lot more improved than last year. And he always he seems to get on with every striker he plays with. He seems to know his role, and yeah, he's a, he's a, a good squad player. But uh, Villa are unbeaten in their last five games against Brighton Jack um, with their last win coming after three two victory in uh, the FA Cup back in two thousand and ten. It doesn't really stand for much because Brighton were quite a poor team before. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen us play Brighton. Yeah, Brighton they actually haven't <laughs> met for thirty three years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah Brighton were last in the premiership or the first division as it was called back in March nineteen eighty three. So uh we haven't met for a long time and Brighton did have a few years uh in the lower leagues of football in the third, second First division, especially when Bobby Samora was uh, been in all the goals for him. I think they were in, there, they were in League One. So, yeah, yeah, it's been um, tough. Year. Who do you expect to to play in midfield? Because I think it will be Gardner and Westwood. Um, well, we've got Gardner, Westwood, and Bakuna back for this one. Uh, if Yedanak doesn't play, I expect it to be, you know, at least I'd like to see as all three of those guys to be on the shack. Um, yeah, and then who do you, who are you going to drop from? from attack I guess it's too hard to say isn't it um, hmm well yeah you sorry I'm, look, I'm just looking at the last lineup that if we had Grealish Adoma Koja and I'd be very wary of playing without three maybe Ayu playing without three so 
Yeah, I'd be very wary of that. I wouldn't want to play with two midfield against. Yeah, especially because one of them isn't going to be Yedinak. So yeah. I think it's harder to do um, yeah, a yeah. midfield that, that has a double pivot sitting deeper. I think you're right. I think you do need three. Yeah, I wouldn't be unfair on Westwood and Gardner, but they do play better in numbers. Um, you know, they can't hold the entire defence on their own. And that's you know, no fault of their own. It's just the type of players they are. They need Yedinak backing them up or a Bakuna backing them up. So, uh, yeah, or then backing up Bakuna, sorry, as he's more of an advanced player. But, yeah. Um, you, yeah, let's see. What do we What do we think? 4-3-3 three, three with, with those three in midfield and then the, Koja, Koja as a center forward? Yeah. I think you go Koja center forward, Grealish left, Adoma right. Yeah, I prefer that an Ayu can come off the bench as a striker or to replace yeah, Grealish. Or, yeah, but then you, if you're going to have... Ayu, you don't need Ayu just dead and Gabby on the bench. That'd be a lot. Exactly. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. To, we have to see if Gabby's back on his fitness program. Finish his fitness program to see if he's ready. Yeah, but yeah, it's I mean, a lot of options for Steve Bruce at least. Yeah, and exactly. That's good he's got because that's when Villa were bad the past couple of years. It's like never these players options. keep going out there because they're really the only option. Yeah, you know, we've never had this much options in a long time for Villa, and even if the options are, you know, Gabby Abanglahor or whomever. It's good to have that choice and that, you know, that yeah. rotation. All right. Well, that sums it up. I guess we're not going to do a prediction today. I, I don't want to. We haven't been doing them lately. So It's hard. It's hard. Too hard yeah. to say. Um, I think Brighton will win, to be honest. Yeah, probably. But you never know coming back from the international break. I'd, I know we'd both be happy with a draw. It'd be a pretty good point away. Yeah, as long as Villa play good football and they look competent, I'll be happy with that. Even if it is a loss and even if it brings an end to the unbeaten run. As long as Villa look like they can win the game, I'll be happy. With yeah, that. and just show show signs of improvement from what we're seeing under Di Matteo and even in some of Bruce's first games because there's things the team can still improve on even if they're winning. Exactly. It's going to be a hard game. It's away at Brighton who are really informed. They're, you know... Uh, contending for the title definitely contending for promotion so uh, it's going to be hard Villa really have to turn it around to get something away from you know, away at Brighton alright but remember that game is going to be at 7.45 local England time 2.45 on the east coast so yeah, make sure to tune in it's going to be it's going to be televised mm-hmm. so I guess we should mention that it's on Sky Sky Sports 1 and I think it's on BN at least on their web service in the US yeah you'll be able to find it yeah, no, yeah, you can find it online too. So, yeah. Um, James, I want to thank you for joining me. No problem. It's a pleasure, Jack. And everyone, thank you for listening. You know where to find us. And we'll have all the match coverage for you tomorrow. So keep checking 7500 to hold on Twitter and Facebook. And send us your comments because we like to hear from you. So for James, I've been Jack. Thanks for listening. <laughs>